Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. Indeed. He's Tony. Oh, and she's Peggy. (laughs) And we are two RV industry veterans who travel... Yeah, we Part do. Part time. Yeah, in a vintage trailer yeah, right the, now. Oh, that's right. Well, this week we're saying vintage trailer. Yeah. We're looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. Indeed. We actually have a big vintage trailer rally coming up. That's and right. We're very excited. We've been working on I, I need to update the videos of the aristocrat because a whole bunch of stuff has gotten oh, done. Oh, yes. Time for I'm some new video. falling down on the job. At least you're falling down only as far as the ground and not uh, deeper. Dear me. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, here in You've the You've probably news, already read or heard about this. Especially if you're in our Facebook group, but I'll, I'll share this with you. Uh, Brennan Fire Department and Quilcene Fire Rescue responded to a call from a lady who happened to be calling... From inside a pit toilet where she had fallen. Not a pit toilet building. No, inside the pit toilet where she had fallen a short time earlier after attempting to retrieve her cell phone. She said that while she was using the toilet, her phone fell in and she wanted it back. So she partially dismantled the toilet and used her dog's leash to try to fish it out. But... She couldn't reach it, and so she used the leash to partially support herself and let herself down deeper into the toilet, and that didn't work, and she fell in. Head first. Yeah. Yeah. Emergency responders were able to extricate the woman who refused medical care and just wanted to get on her way back home. So they gave her a Tyvek suit. I think they gave her a way to shower. She was extremely fortunate not to have been overcome by toxic gases or sustain any physical injury. It's also pretty impressive that the phone still worked after being, you know, yeah, submerged. submerged. <laughs> Yee-holy. So, you know, maybe let it go. <laughs> well, as I said... In the Stressless Camping well, Podcast yes, Facebook did. group. I bought a new camera. Not recently. This is back when I was still toting around cameras, cameras. And like right after I bought it, we, <laughs> darn, I can't believe I'm telling this story. But anyway, we went to the Renaissance Fair. And at the Renaissance Fair, they had beer and ale and mead and all of that, all of which I had to have. And then, of course, you don't just buy beer. You rent beer. <laughs> So I went to pay my rent, and I dropped my brand new camera into the blue house. Yes. Well, and at least that I wasn't stood. a pit, so even That's if you true. did go in, you wouldn't have to go below ground level. No, but it was the pits. <laughs> it was the pits. But He did I retrieve am. it. Yeah, I was in. standing there looking at it in the pit toilet. I can't believe we're saying this. I'm not saying a thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is all you. I got it. I, got, I went and I, I, I retrieved it, and... Then it didn't quite work right, so I took it back to where I bought it, and I said, hey, this camera took a dump. So there you go. There you go. I got my money back. Actually, no, I didn't. I got got a a replacement camera, camera. and the new camera had even more gadgets that came with it, so that was kind of cool. All right, well, here's one way to avoid that. Just get a travel trailer that has a toilet. (laughs) Well, yeah, and don't put your phone in your back pocket. That's true. A lot of people, that's how that happens. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge way that phones get yeah. lost. 
And so, yeah, it's not a good place for it. Although a lot of people are talking out their butts. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, after this message, there are a couple of people that we have who I have been hoping to have as guests for some time because they're really doing something incredible in the RV industry. And so stick around. We'll be right back after this. Remember that time we followed our GPS and ended up at the top of a cliff overlooking the campground? (laughs) Yeah, I had to back the trailer down a mountain road. Remember the time we went on that twisty, windy road and hit our awning on a tree? Yeah, I do. But now those kinds of things aren't going to happen anymore thanks to RV Trip Wizard. Right. RV Trip Wizard lets you plan your journeys before you go and then use their app on your phone or tablet to safely navigate that journey. You can set parameters such as how far you want to travel in a day, how many miles you can go between fuel stops, and even read reviews of the campgrounds and places you want to go to. It all takes into account the size of your RV and more. Then you can rest assured that your phone isn't going to lead you into trouble. If you have an RV, you need RV Trip Wizard. Check it out on your discounts and deals page on StresslessCamping.com, where you can also listen to our interview with RV Trip Wizard and learn about the whole RV life suite. Now Now that's that's Stressless stressless camping. Camping. We are very excited to have a couple of people who I've been watching from the sidelines doing some pretty incredible things. We have Ashley Bontrager-Layman and Chris Barth, both of whom are from Ember RVs. And if you haven't heard of Ember RV, it is a new company doing some very unusual things. And it started from the ground up. Welcome to both of you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be with you guys. So for those of our audience who have not heard of Ember RV, what makes you different? And tell us about what you're building there. Well, I think we should really start at the beginning when myself and my three other co-founders, one of which is Chris Barth here with me and Ernie Miller and Steve Delagrange, when we first got our start, as we were talking about what we wanted to do and, and the vision that we saw for our company, the thing that we kept coming back to is wanting to create a healthy and welcoming work environment for our employees where everybody can feel like they're valued and can bring something to the table because when we have happy team members, then we create quality products. So we really started out by thinking about how can we do things better? And we wanted to build a better RV company that would in turn build a better RV, but really all the product knowledge and the product design that that lies with Chris. So I'd let Chris speak to the product. (laughs) To kind of go off of what Ashley was just saying, one of the initial concepts was, hey, what, what, what if we wanted to build a better RV? What would that look like? That was the interesting kind of first question that we had, which led to the discussion about let's build a better RV company. It really was what would be some of the attributes of a better RV. And you know, some of our long discussions that Ashley and I have had about consumers in the marketplace with her background, knowing a lot about consumer feedback and looking at the ways consumers even come into the industry. And both being aware of different studies that have been done and things that uh, are even from our friends at RVIA, these big studies that they've done, especially the big one they did in 2020, where they talked about different types of users and different types of customers and kind of different segments and focuses. And then both of us being really highly aware of the fact that the, the RV industry is an imperfect industry in, in many ways. There's there's a lot of little issues, problems, quality is, is something that comes up frequently. Um, with our camping customers and, and um, 
some of their disappointments uh, and and uh, some of their expectations that weren't being met. So like that's where we started the discussion was what if we could build a better RV and kind of feed into some of these some of these concerns and cares that customers really have. I guess there's two ways to approach a new RV company. We're going to build either the same or better version of what everybody goes to a dealership already and sees, or we just wipe the slate clean and start with something very, very different. And I think that's what you have done there is your RVs are not, you're, they're all travel trailers at this point. They are not yep. what you might typically expect to find. And part of that is starting from the frame and the suspension, for example. Yeah, for sure. Well, so, so to kind of continue the story when one of the things that we saw was that there aren't as many campgrounds that are available as the, as there once were, or the kind of camping style that people are, are frequently doing has been changing over time. People are wanting to go off grid more often, uh, whether you call that, call that dry camping or boondocking. Um, they're wanting to get to different kinds of locations. Some of those locations are not on the pavement anymore. There's a ton of fantastic campgrounds out there even state national parks, provincial parks that have pull-through sites and pavement and are really well manicured and set up well. Then there are those that are more rustic and and a little bit more maybe problematic to get to with the RVs that were in today's North American RV industry. So when Ashley and I started talking about this, I said we could do something where we looked at the European and Australian marketplaces to get some ideas. Um, small sizes and space are a limitation in Europe. Off-road and off-grid is huge in Australia. Um, if we combine some of these things together, we could build something that maybe North America doesn't have, taking a couple of pages from those playbooks. And, you know, as an add-on, the one thing that you said, we did do one thing where we kind of said there's stuff that the industry has done really well, and that's floor plans, right? If we look at the floor plans that Ember chose to begin with, these are all floor plans that we think people have loved on for a long time. Um, the double over double bunk um, with outside kitchen uh, is that that's a thing that you know, 20 other manufacturers have this. It's not like the floor plans that we chose are so brand new and unique, but what if the feature set is? So from the frame up with, uh, with the off-road suspension and with these kind of ideas about let's go off-road and let's go off-grid, uh, Ashley and I kind of started on a voyage with some supplier partners. And that's something that's impressed me. You sought out American companies to partner with, for example, Kurt, and came up with a whole new coil spring with shock absorber suspension. So it's not something you typically find. And from what I've heard from transport drivers and dealers, your trailers tow amazingly well. We're really excited about about that new development. And certainly that came about. Kurt is owned by Lippert. Uh, Lippert brought on a brand new VP of engineering. I'm sorry, VP of uh, uh, innovation. He's an engineer named John Reimer who came on as the VP of, of innovation right in January of, of 2021. So right when we came calling to say, hey, we want to do this project. And he's an RV enthusiast, uh, off-road enthusiast, builds his own stuff. This is one of those guys who is a, as much of a, um, a practical engineer as he is conceptual. And um, I, I kind of put that bug in his ear uh, about what I wanted to, what I wanted to see for, for Ember stuff that Ashley and I talked about, like, what if we do this? She was, she was a big fan. It's like, where do we get it? Well, do we buy an Australian version? <laughs> the Australian stuff many times comes through China. What if our friends at Kurt can do it? And they set a team to task uh, to, to get um, into, into play. And then it was the discussion about the chassis. 
The chassis itself cannot be I-beam. It can't be the same chassis that everyone else in terms of a lightweight laminate product. It has to be a little bit heavier. We talked about aluminum. We talked about steel. We ended up on this uh, tube steel chassis, um, which is more robust. And there's very few manufacturers who are actually using that broadly, especially in this space. Those things paired together to be what we call our trailblazer chassis. And the trailblazer chassis has a bunch of other goodies on it too. Um, You know, and Ashley and I kind of collected different ideas from, you know, when people came to us and said, hey, this would match up with that. It was kind of a collection of these great ideas. And I think it's not just the chassis. I've heard from either you or through somewhere that you're working on building generational RVs, RVs that probably last or outlast the payments. That's our hope. I mean, we aren't shy about sourcing some higher quality materials, which also come with a higher price tag because we want to give our owners the experience that will last, like you said, hopefully even beyond their payments, right? So (laughs) when you source higher quality products for your RVs that are going to last longer, it's going to come with, with a price tag and we're not scared of that. We think through the design with intentionality and, and the and the products that we want to put in. We're not just slapping these together to get them out the door. Um, quality is something that we have tried to embed in our products from the very beginning in the design phase. And we carry it through our production line on a daily basis. I think to add to what Ashley said there, some of our focus was on domestic sourcing. And that became, because the supply chain was so tight, Um, One of the very first things that she and I did was to go and visit with a lot of different suppliers locally. One of the things that we found was that wood products were highly problematic, remain problematic, but highly problematic last year in terms of sourcing. And so that that sent us in the direction of looking at a lot of composite materials and uh, composite materials are both renewable and domestic they do have a higher price tag, as Ashley said, but no rot, no mold, no mildew. They hold up better and they many times are lighter weight. They have better insulative properties. Once we found um, some materials that had great screw attention, there's a floor that we use uh, by a company called Ridge out in Ohio called Transport Floor. Our friends at Airstream and our friends at, I think, New Camp also use this. We aren't the only ones that use this product. There are others that, that are on it. And, and again, there are other products that are similar to this that we tested we tested all sorts of stuff. I must have shown Ashley. I must have shown Ashley five or six different crazy floor ideas, and every time it was kind of a walk test and and taking a look at these different tests of um, what is the screw retention, especially how is it going to build for us. And then it was uh, partnering with our front our friends at Asdell, and Asdell's being produced in Virginia. And Asdell panels again are really widely used in the RV industry. They've done. Uh, phenomenal things for us in, in a one-eighth inch panel that replaces Luan, which is uh, sometimes known as uh, a Maranti plywood or uh, Malaysian plywood. Most of it, 86% of all of the world's supply comes from one location in Malaysia. So it's always on a boat. I like the stuff that comes from uh, Virginia. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and then for any RV owner, no matter what you have, you're concerned about water intrusion. And so things that you've done that I really, no structural wood in the build of the trailer. So not only are you using the Transcore floor, which is used in an Airstream, yours is twice as thick. We've tried to be kind of careful about how we, t- how we talk about those things. There's all sorts of different properties and we feel like we've got the right mix. Um, there are certain companies that you know do better engineering and, and kind of think through things. And to key off of a, kind of a phrase that Ashley said earlier, we've tried to have a high degree of intentionality in our build and in our engineering, because we want to answer that question of how, again, how do we build a better RV? 
Yeah, and yeah. then you use Eternabond, which is if you've ever restored a vintage RV and played with Eternabond, it is an Eternabond, and that's what you're <laughs> using in your corners, for example. Eternabond, uh, I'm going to call it tape. It's a specialty sealant that's on a Mylar liner that, again, there are multiple RV manufacturers who use this in various ways. Sometimes they use it in really choice select areas. We kind of decided that we'd use it on the majority of the couch. It sticks and doesn't unstick when a screw goes through it. It threads the screw. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things that we, it's highly controllable. One of the cool things was that when we join our, join all these things together, we use this turn them on tape. And then we needed to find something to cover that tape that was big enough versus the normal trim that you see in the RV industry. Um, and so we created an exoskeleton, an aluminum powder coated aluminum that started as just a guard for that Eternabond and then quickly became something that, that we liked as a decorative kind of function too. Oh. We kind of uh, did some things where we added a little, there's a little wing shape that's on the back there. That was um, one of our engineers came up with Austin Borg, a uh, young dynamic uh, engineer. I told him we some more shape. It was looking too boxy and he threw big, uh, uh, smaller uh, for the production one, uh, but Ashley asked for uh, Ashley asked for some other kind of looks and, and and a little bit of feel that way. The exoskeleton became a really kind of beautiful aesthetic thing, an eye-catching thing. We were able to laser cut the Ember logo in the front, do a couple of different things, then became a, a functional branch guard feature. I'm going to let Ashley talk about which is one of we we beat the perimeter aluminum. It became a structural element, and now we have a really strong exterior something that we think will take a beating out there in the, in the wild nice. and it just looks cool yeah <laughs> i like the way it looks it looks cool we like it when it looks cool speaking of higher end things we like those windows that you're using but so many rvs so many travel trailers now have a front windshield and a murphy bed which we think is ridiculous combination <laughs> but you thought of something very different that i really really like to your point when i see a murphy bed model with a windshield in the front i wonder exactly why because typically <laughs> the murphy bed is up during the day which would block the windshield so right. i did not want to put a windshield on the front of our models but with the way that our units are designed they have a slightly angular front wall and we were able to, after watching or looking around at European and Australian design coaches, I noticed a lot of them had like a skylight up on top. And I said, that's fantastic. And I need that in every coach. Because <laughs> then you still have that front window, but it's not hidden when the Murphy bed is in the up position. So yeah. we are doing that on all of our Overland series products. And we call it our Stargazer skylight. Yeah. And I like that it opens too. It does open. It opens pretty wide. You get fantastic airflow. There are integrated uh, screen and shade so that you can either keep the bugs out or block the sun out when you're trying to sleep. I just went camping in mine a couple weeks ago and it was honestly my, one of my favorite <laughs> features still in the RV was just having that overhead window above the bed for a mid-afternoon nap or whatever the case may be. Ashley has a 191 MDB for her family of, of four and I have a 190 MDB. So hers has the slide and, and mine doesn't. I have twin daughters, teenage twin daughters. So um, that fit my family. It happened, it happened to be a thing that it fit her family too. These two models that are both bunkhouse models. So the rear end of the coach is, is the same, but then there's some differences in the, in the main living area. And then we both have that Murphy bed, which Ashley was extremely, 
I'll say adamant about making sure that our Murphy bed was a better design and not only looked better, but functioned better than what's typically out there in the marketplace. So that stargazer window was phenomenal. That was an awesome thing. And she pushed on that really hard to, Hey guys, figure out a way to do this correctly. But then she also challenged the team to do something with Murphy beds that hadn't been done before. And if you look at a Murphy bed in the residence, the whole idea is make it go away. So I don't know there's a bed there. Right. In RVs, there's all sorts of crazy stuff hanging off the walls and you see what looks like a footboard hanging there sometimes or there's bed sheets hanging out, maybe a mattress sticking out all sorts of crazy latching mechanisms. So Ashley got the team engaged on that in a big way. There was something that you both said that I think listeners to our podcast may not have caught, but when I first got into the RV industry, I used to work at a dealership and I also managed their warranty department. The overwhelming thing that just blew my mind is how few people in the RV industry ever go RVing. And you just said something that, For anybody who's looked at the RV industry from the outside in, they might have, I hope they were sitting down. Both of you own and use RVs. Yes, that's so unusual (laughs) and wonderful. I mean, unusual in the best, best way. It is unusual, unfortunately, but Chris and I both feel that it's important that not only do we use the products that we're building and are familiar with it in that way, because that can only help make our products even better. If you're Uh actually using it, you know the same stresses or frustrations that our customers are coming into, into having as well. And so we can make those adjustments either alongside of them or hopefully before them as well. So not only do we think it's important that uh, we are camping in them, but also that we have some units available that our team members here at Ember can also use and get out and experience our product so that they know that what they do matters on a daily basis. And if if they do find these fixes or things that are a little bit of a frustration or maybe the layout could change slightly, you know, you have ideas when you're actually using the product right. and you only get those ideas sometimes by using the product. So it's a really important thing here at Ember. I think it's important to note something else. Ashley, when when she was um, working so hard last year to try to get us set up correctly, happened to be able to purchase a piece of property for us, which we could use to build our first prototypes. It now functions as our lamination facility. Our ownership experience folks are here. There's a number of sales is here. There's a number of people. That's where we're at, the building we're in right now. Ashley not only owns a camper, but she also owns a campground. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> in building a better RV company, we determined that the some of the landscape here, which the previous owner had had like a little cabin set up that, uh, you know, when he left, there was kind of a, a space where the cabin used to be. We hauled in some gravel, our team, actually our group leaders and some of our other guys uh, helped to build it out. It's got power and water and we were able to do shows here and we we're able to demo things and try things out here. Ashley has named this Ember Trails, uh, but this is this is a place like, again, we, we're able to, like, we're looking out the window right now. We can see Ember Trails sitting out here. That's awesome. <laughs> it gives us kind of a live, uh, a live area to do some things, uh, to try some things out. Right. When we had dealers in last September to look at the product for the first time, that's where they joined us was in uh, the campground that, that we had built. So it's an important kind of aspect to look at these things in use and in a practical way. We're trying really hard to use common sense when we're building these as well. <laughs> but these are important factors. That just really impresses the heck out of me. And it's shown in what I've seen in what you're building. Another thing 
that I really like is you, you're you using Truma heaters and water heaters, and Truma certified you for cold weather for season camping, I believe. I will tell you, we have a few floor plans that have been through there now, and we're still in the process of getting fully certified on everything. That's a real rare thing in, in a towable space. Truma is an excellent partner to us, um, has been working very closely from day one to try to help us to maximize the space, reduce the warranty costs. Their product is, I won't say bulletproof, right? Everything has a problem, but it has way less warranty issues. So that was one of the reasons that when we looked at them, that we gave them the green light was, was a a much better warranty history. And obviously space saving is great, but it's one of those things where they do a cold weather testing for us. They put it in a cold chamber. We've been doing ongoing testing, working with their team, um, they've got a, a fantastic team on the ground there. Bob and Michael uh, both are, are great dudes that uh, have given us good instruction on how to uh, create a better eating system for the coach. And that the, the furnace itself is pretty phenomenal. We're really excited about that. That product typically is seen in higher end units, uh, obviously in Europe, but also in, in, in motorhomes not typically seen in totals. There's a lot of those kind of touches, like the VersaCoupler, your hitch, where you can actually adjust the hitch on the trailer to accommodate the truck, which is unusual. Which is really nice. I also like your tongue jack, which really isn't a tongue jack. It's like a foot that's integrated. But what I've learned is that you can open the tailgate on a pickup truck because there's not a jack mechanism sticking up out of the frame of the trailer. So a lot, a lot of little touches like that. But the the handbrake, oh, it's not a handbrake. It's like an integrated wheel chalk brake thing. <laughs> thing. We refer to it as our parking brake. Okay. You don't call it a thing? <laughs> <laughs> That's a patent pending thing as, as well from our friends at Lippert. They are uh, coming up with some really cool stuff sometimes that doesn't always find a home in the industry right away. They're like, they, they, here's a wacky idea. What do you think about this? Uh, this was one of those things that because the independent suspension, the way that it worked, paired up really, really well. Uh, I don't know, maybe three or four different iterations in, in terms of design of trying to perfect it or try to get it working right. We call it a parking brake because we still want people to chalk their wheels, especially if they're on uneven ground when they're hooking up to a truck. But the uh, brake itself really isolates all forward and backward movement. It is one of my favorite things that we that we have on the coach too. Certainly, when Ashley and I were at shows, when we were at shows this year, customers were asking about that a lot because it's something they haven't seen before. Right. Well, you can also throw a padlock in it and secure your trailer a little bit better too. Yeah, you can do that too. Extra security. Yeah, I mean that's not a bad thing because a a lot of trailers get to live in storage lots, and that's not. (laughs) <laughs> a good place to keep them. If we think about somebody going off grid and they might set up base camp and they might want to secure it that way, it's not only on a single axle, like, uh, you know, how do you chalk a wheel on a single axle? It's a little bit tricky, right? How do you make it so it doesn't move? This isolates the movement and, and then being able to kind of padlock it. If you have that base camp set up, now you can drive off and uh, do your exploring, you know, do your overland adventure. Yeah. That's really cool. For our audience who doesn't know, if you don't recognize the name Bontrager, actually your grandparents started (laughs) Jayco. Yeah, that's correct. I am the granddaughter of one of the granddaughters of the founders of Jayco. My grandparents, Lloyd and Bertha Bontrager, started Jayco in 1968 out of their barn and two chicken coops on the family farm. (laughs) Yeah. My grandma had been in the industry since 1964. He had helped StarCraft get their RV division up and running and then just decided that he had an idea for a different kind of lifter system. 
and thought he saw a path to do things a little differently. So he <laughs> left StarCraft and he started Jayco and the rest is history, right? <laughs> yeah, we had one of those. Yeah. Pretty cool fun fact too is that my grandfather was 35 when he started Jayco and I am also 35. So huh. little unique fact that not everybody knows. You know, they say history repeats itself. Apparently that's true. No stress <laughs> on your children, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it would be or her grandchildren. grandchildren. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it'll skip a generation. Yeah, yeah. there you go. And then, I mean, how do you go from, I, I don't know how, how you all know one another, all of the founders, but how do you go from sitting around at a coffee shop and saying, man, this would be great in an RV, this would be, and then all of a sudden, during a pandemic, you start a new company. Like, what is that process like? <laughs> well, you know, um, it's, it's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fun question. I will tell you that uh, lots and lots of people in the RV industry, I'm not sure if everybody who is listening to this knows, but the RV industry, by and large, it, the majority of the industry exists in Elkhart County, Indiana. This sounds really strange when we talk about this, that this um, kind of small county in northern Indiana, right on the Michigan border, would house a what seems to be a, a crazy huge industry. Now, it's not all here, but uh, conservatively, I would tell you that 80%, and, and uh, depending on what the product grouping is, it's higher. And it's one of those things where, because it's this micro economy, there's a lot of opportunity here. The RV industry is full of innovators, full of entrepreneurs, full of uh, people with the entrepreneurial spirit. Obviously, that's an American thing, but uh, it seems like there's a very high concentration of it here in Elkhart County, Indiana. So people are dreamers and, and thinking about uh, doing new and different things all the time. I would get asked about starting my own RV company multiple times a month <laughs> by dealers, by friends, by coworkers. It turns out that Ashley was getting similar things happening to her with some frequency. Uh, many times there's people who like, uh, again, will sit down like, Hey, I'm at an RV show with a bunch of guys. And after that show, we're sitting down and having some drinks and, and talking through things, uh, the big day that we had. And you get to that dreaming phase of uh, something new. Um, I knew that that was what it was like for me. I know Ashley's got a little bit of a different story there, but for me, um, I always knew I wanted to build a better RV company. I just uh, didn't really have a, a really great way to do that. Huh. I think really it came down to right at the end of 2020, we just had this amazing opportunity to take kind of these thoughts and ideas that we've been having and make them at least attempt to make them a reality. Right. And we did to your point, it, it was a pandemic, right? So we did get a lot of, are you crazies initially? <laughs> what are you thinking? What, how are you going to do this? The world is, you know, nobody knows what's going on, supply chain, all those things. But I'll tell you, I think that situation we were all dealing with helped us direct some of the path we have taken today. Like I said, there was an opportunity. We all decided to seize that opportunity. And then the supply chain, the uneasiness in the supply chain actually helped define our product development in some ways. You know, we had these ideas of going maybe away from the Luan and going fully composite. And as we got into the discussions with the different suppliers, it became evident like, yes, composite is the way to go because Luan was a little messy in the supply chain. Composite wasn't. So what were the best composite materials out there for us to use? So all that to say, some of the craziness that we were all experiencing because of the pandemic really helped set the path forward for Ember. Would it, would it surprise you at all if I told you that um, more expensive things, more expensive items, um, higher quality items were more readily available? 
It's a very yeah. <laughs> strange thing. But when we went searching, um, some of the more premium items had better supply. Huh. There is a uh, product level, a price level for every different kind of product. Sure. And sure. there's all sorts of different needs out there from consumers, uh, what, they, what, what they're looking for. Our customer, we kind of determined was this more discerning customer who was going to dig in on some little details. And so, so we found some of these things that were maybe a little bit more money sometimes were more premium level products. And they paired up really nicely with this kind of this space that we had started to carve out this off-grid um, idea. There's a number of things that you have to do to be off-grid, right? You have to have power, you have to have water. What are we going to do in those spaces? What if we, what if instead of just putting this, throw a solar panel on top and call it done, what if we create it so at the basic level of, of solar is a solar panel and inverter and a battery and a battery hookup, like everything pre-wired battery wise, as well as all outlets inverted, except for microwave and except for air conditioner and make it that our base. So the base level, like right off of the, the dealership lot, I could camp with, right? I can use that right now. Yeah. And really that mindset, I think, is just how we think as a, as consumers today, right? I, I'm not just going to say the millennial generation, but when we buy something, we kind of want it to just work. We don't want right. to have to work to make it work how we want it to work, right? So I think about the iPhone. I use this example a lot. We've been paying how much money for the iPhone for how many years now? And we don't really bat an eye because it looks nice. It works right out of the box and it functions well. And then if you do ever have a problem, you get exceptional after the sale service, right? So the idea that we would spend a little bit more money, at least what it appears to be on the MSRP to give the customer the things that they're going to have to add or will want to add after they buy it anyway, didn't seem crazy to us. It was a, Hey, this is the way that customers are trending anyway. So let's just, why not just give it to them right away? And they don't have to do work after they buy the unit to make it work for them. That goes to Tony's very popular saying, buy the best and cry only once. Yeah. (laughs) I think she and I both, when we're on the, when we're out at shows this year, would tell people, in the RV industry, more than almost anywhere else I know, you get what you pay for. Yeah. And again, I, I hate to say it that way, but I don't feel bad about um, somebody who's making a more traditional uh, stick and tin trailer. As a, for instance, uh, stick and tin is the aluminum sided trailers. I don't feel bad that that person who is building that is building it to a certain level. I don't. I don't. I don't feel they're doing a bad job there. There's a a target audience there. Right. It's not our target. It's not our target, right? Uh, our target is somebody who is more a discerning customer who wants, like Ashley said, things to just work. We feel really strongly that you could pick up an Ember off of a dealership lot and go camping immediately in it as it's set up with a base. And one of the very common complaints that we hear about the RV industry is, well, these things are not very well made. And it's nice to have an option of one that is well made. Right. We're never going to claim to be perfect but we really strive, like I said, you know, earlier on from the beginning to design with intentionality and keep quality top of mind throughout the entire process from engineering to product and raw material selection, then take it to our production team and, and watch what they can do, right? I see all of their power and collectively we can only be better as a team. So it is a, a constant focus for us here. Quality, 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 always over quantity. Yeah. All right. Well, we have talked a lot of serious stuff, but there's something I wanted to to bring up 
because you you're clearly also having a good time. You have the two smaller models of the Ember family, the rock and roll. <laughs> How did those names come about? Well, funny story. So early on in 2021, we were just initially working through the product plans and we knew we were going to do a bigger series and then a micro series and had just started talking about this stuff. We're just getting Ember started. And I was putting at the time my six-year-old to bed one night, a little boy, and he says, mommy, you need to call one of your units, The Rock. So the next morning, I don't recall exactly if we were meeting that day or if it was just a phone call, but I said, guys, we got a job to do. We got to name something The Rock. (laughs) And Chris was like, oh, that's easy. That's the rear outside kitchen. So that's where we are today, The Rock. And then we decided since we're building Rock, we also need to build roll. You can't build rocks without roll, right? Right. No. (laughs) (laughs) There is no roll without rock. (laughs) That's right. So roll becomes the rear outside locker, which is basically taking all the things from the outside kitchen and deleting it because we saw a need, customer need for, I want to kind of do it myself. I want to build it myself. Don't tell me that it's this griddle or it's this TV. I want to put in a pair of Yeti coolers. I want to put in um, a giant TV, make it a tailgate thing. I want to, I want to put my uh, competitive bicycle in there that, and, and make it into a workshop. We'll see. My fishing All- gear, my hunting gear. Right, whatever. right. It's a space that they can make their own. Okay. Very cool. Of course, at a lot of shows, people have seen it with a rooftop tent, an RTT, the rooftop tent up top, which expands it from being a two-person to a four-person coach. So it's a little tiny nugget of awesomeness uh, that fits behind a Jeep or a Bronco and can really, this is one of the cool things. We think the trailer can go where the, where the truck can go and where the tow vehicle can go. And that's not something that can be said for all, all campers in North America. Right. Oh, and it's built to actually withstand that. <laughs> well, Ashley and Chris, we really appreciate your time today. And I, as you know, I have been a big fan of what you're doing I'm supposed to be unbiased and I'm never unbiased. <laughs> if I like something, I, I tell that I do and I do. So uh, it's impressive to be able to talk to you and see the background of what it takes to make these awesome trailers. And thank you. And thanks for your time. Yeah. Thank you. We really appreciate your interest. I'll leave you a tiny one little last nugget here. We have a brand new floor plan oh. called the 191 MSL that's coming out. That is a super cool thing. We just talked about that locker, kind of a do-it-yourself. This features some other really cool things. So your listeners will want to check that out because it's not something that the industry's ever seen before. It's very similar to the coach that Ashley has, the one similar to the one that I have, but it's got in the bunkhouse area. Um, we basically cleared that out and made it so you can use a specialty e-track to do kind of a lot of different things, whether it's shelving, storage, desk, more bunks, lots of different things. Hammocks. Yeah. Ah. The concepts here are pretty wide. We're super, we're super excited about it. And we're we're about to debut that publicly. We've kind of announced the floor plan on our, on our website and put it out there for Facebook uh, folks and and Instagram folks. The social media people uh, are the ones that really influence this with their, with their requests and, and uh, some of that feedback. There's a number of groups out there for Ember that have been kind of calling for it. And there's, Uh, videos that we've had lots of comments so this was really our way to say we are listening uh customers who are interested in our product we are listening what they're saying we're going to adapt and change there's also another fun thing coming out later later on um next month at uh ashley want to tell them you can tell them yeah well we'll we'll do do it we'll do it at a different time (laughs) i think there's already been a lot of whisk there's already been a whisper there's already been some whispers let's just say say that there's more customers asking for more things different things and we will be addressing those those wants um we like to say wants and needs here right what are the the wants and needs the customer we're going to address those we're interested in 
in keeping our ear to the ground and then being able to address those in a timely manner so that we are giving our owners and our customers what they're asking for. This is exciting. I can't wait to hear the news. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again. And it's been great meeting you both here virtually. Yes. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you so much. All right. Thanks. We love being part of the largest club of RVers with events, rallies, tours, resources, and more. And you can be too. That's the FMCA, and it's not just for motorhomes anymore. Now any RVer can join the FMCA and enjoy their fantastic benefits. Yeah, like chapters where people of common interest gather and go on outings and adventures together. It's a great way to meet other RVers who share your interest or location. But there are other great resources too, like a beautiful magazine, forums, videos, tutorials, and so much more. And don't forget the incredible programs like Medical Assist, where the FMCA is there for you in the event of a medical emergency on the road. Yes, and we signed up for the FMCA's Roadside Assistance, which specializes in RVs and offers towing to the nearest qualified repair facility, no matter how many miles away it is. It's a great optional program that's been part of the FMCA for years. Plus, of course, we've got a good deal for you. New members can save $10 on an FMCA membership. We've got the details and more information on this terrific organization on our discounts and deals page at stresslesscamping.com. Join us and other RV enthusiasts at an upcoming rally or gathering and save money in the process. Now Now that's that's Stressless stressless camping. Camping. So what do you think of those Ember RVs? Uh, I think they're pretty awesome. Yeah, they really (laughs) are doing a super job there. And and if I sounded a little like a fanboy, I am going to admit that in fact I am. (laughs) And in our show notes, which is on stresslesscamping.com under the podcast section, and this is episode number 148, I'll put a link to several reviews i've written of ember rvs great there yeah super nifty all right so all right so another place that you can look while you're on the website is the new recipe button page and the recipe that i want to share with you this week is egg bites which make breakfast easy yeah so we make these or not we peggy actually (laughs) makes them before we go and the nice thing is if you're you know like me i get up i'm pretty much ready to eat in the morning and you just grab an egg bite, and if you have a microwave, you can nuke it, or you can just heat it up however way. Or sometimes, if you're just really hungry, you just yeah, eat it cold. Just eat it cold. <laughs> it's a grab-and-go breakfast that's pretty healthy, I think. So, anyway. And remember, you can put pretty much anything in an egg bite. You know, there's a basic recipe, but any kind of veggies, any kind of meat that you want to add to it. And the way we make them, they don't have crust. So they're a gluten-free and carb-free and <laughs> delicious way to start the day. Now, we have shared a recipe for mini quiches in the past. Correct. And those do have crust. And we'll put a link to that too. Egg bites don't. So we will post the egg bites recipe. But what what's basically in them? Basically, I, I use them. I make them the same way that I make a quiche, essentially. So it's a couple of eggs, depending on how many I want to make, a couple eggs, a couple handfuls of shredded cheese, like literally this is the recipe, about a half a cup or so of each sour cream and ricotta, and then whatever else we want to chop up and mix in. And we make them different sizes. Sometimes we make the little mini muffin size, so it's literally like a bite. Yeah. And sometimes we make giant muffin size so it's a whole meal yeah that's so uh we've made the egg bites recently with those diced uh 
chili peppers that yeah. come in a can. Dice, dice green chilies yeah, is one of our good. favorite ways. And then we made it with uh, asparagus. Asparagus. A lot of times we recently we haven't been making them with meat because we just make our meat as a separate side dish to the egg and that way it feels like you're eating more even if it's the same well no i i think you do get more and let's be honest at camp it's bacon you gotta well sure you can't not have bacon if you're not cooking bacon in the morning (laughs) or spam but i certainly have pre-cooked bacon and crumbled it up and put it in egg bites as well yeah but it's better with the bacon sure yeah (laughs) at least to me plus you know you're standing out there cooking bacon right exactly So there's that we cook the bacon outside the rig, yeah. either in the fire disc that we have or on our propane griddle or wherever. But anyway, that's the deal. Yep. So again, we do have a new button on our website so you can get to all the recipes with one tap or one click. And we also want to share an FMCA tip of the week. And this week, it's something that has absolutely been terrific for us and that's fmca tech tech connect Connect plus yes tech connect is the wi-fi plan that you can get through fmca as an fmca member and we have had it for a Uh, while now now. we added that in addition to having an at&t phone and a verizon phone we have the tech connect which is t-mobile slash sprint so that we can find coverage one of those three ways pretty much everywhere we are you know before we got this so now it is all t-mobile and by the way they are slowing you down if you hit 50 gigabytes and are in a high traffic area but what i've found is a we i have yet to experience the throttling but b i thought yeah t-mobile you know it's going to be like well find in a hundred places we go like three that have it oh no no it's there been, been very yeah, good there have been places where our verizon and at&t phones have not worked and the t-mobile has right and so i would say we have an article that i'll share also about how we stay connected and the tech connect plus is a portion of that mm-hmm. but it's been really good good speeds i really have no complaints and the price is fair i think it's what 50, 60 bucks a month or something, something like that. So, and they claim again, unlimited data, but after 50 gigabytes, they do have the option of throttling you in a high traffic area. Right. But, you know, we were using it in Quartzsite uh-huh. and for Zoom calls. So, right. So a lot of people ask a lot of times, like, how do you stay connected when you're on the road? And this is how we do it. We do it in a lot of different ways, add it all up together to this make it work. This is how we do it. <laughs> So Sorry. Tony, do you have <laughs> do you have a gadget report? Oh wait, I could do the gadget report. Right, you can. And and so once again, Peggy gets the gadget. Luckily, I got to go camping without Tony, so I used all the most recent gadgets. And when I went tent camping a few weeks ago, I wasn't sure. I, I kind of had everything else figured out, but I was a little bit concerned about how the heck I was going to make my coffee in the morning without a you know, propane stovetop to put my coffee pot on, yep. you know, that I use basically as a teapot, right? Because we just boil water and then we use our aero presses. So Tony said, okay, this is the time we are, we've been talking about it and finally we're going to get an induction cooktop. I've been wanting one of these for a while because as we plan the kitchen in our next house, I want to go all induction cooktop. So I took that 
in addition to the air fryer and the crock pot, <laughs> which I was using to do to do potluck items. Yeah. But I took the induction cooktop and took our coffee pot. You know, we've got the old speckled metal coffee pot, and that's how I boiled the water in a matter of minutes. It was super easy to use. And, you know, we, when we bought our, even our pots and pans, Tony's want, like this induction for quite some time. And so four or five years ago, when we bought our nesting pans, he made sure that they were induction ready so that when we were finally induction ready, yeah, <laughs> we'd have we're the ready pans. to be induced into induction. <laughs> you know, so in du- some of the things, it was a duck's top portable cooktop. And of course, before Peggy left on the trip, I had to cook the devil out of it. Well, yeah. One of the things that surprised me, with induction, you can set it for specific temperatures. Now, that doesn't necessarily translate into the temperatures in the pans, mm-hmm. but eh, it's kind of cool. Before I bought it and used it, my assumption was, oh, we could use this as a crock pot, right? Because low and slow, you well, just sure. do this. No. it. Uh, it's well, you can, out. but only yeah. for about an hour and a half. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's 170 minutes. That, yeah, that kind of takes some of the fun out of that. Right. You can use it as a crock pot for keeping things warm, but you can't use it as a crock pot to cook for nine hours. Right. Unless you go back and restart it every hour and a half. Yeah. We did use it with our Jackery portable solar generator, you know, the battery and solar panels. And it works just really well with that. You can either use just a number scale, so one to 10, and cook with that so you know you say like five might be enough for medium 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 kind of yeah and then or you can do the the temperature setting one of the things that i was curious about is because i like to flip food and we have a frying pan that it's really well shaped for flipping so let's say you're making i don't know potatoes or whatever when you take it off the induction cooktop it beeps it beeps and says hey there's no pan there but as soon as you flip it and put that back down, then it just comes right back on. Right. So the induction cooktop didn't stop that from happening, and that was cool. It is very portable, and you can use it inside a tent with no Mm -hmm. ventilation or in an RV with no ventilation because there's no fumes other than whatever you're cooking, of course. Right, I like it. It's a a neat, portable cooktop. Does it replace? We're we're finding, and next week's gadget, (laughs) too, is battery-powered. We're finding more and more cool stuff that runs on batteries. Yeah, this is true. That five years ago would have been almost impossible. Right. And so the need, my need for holding on to the propane fire in the stove, in the RV, is kind of every time Tony brings home a new battery-operated something that works, I go, oh, it's one less thing that I guess we actually yeah. need a stove for. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the stove is almost becoming past the propane stuff. Now, of course, there. one of the nice things is, as I'm going to get into this because I know somebody's going to say it, but I realize that liquid propane has a tremendous amount of energy in it, and the propane stove is really efficient for off-grid camping sure and the induction cooktop unlike some of the battery operated things the induction cooktop does require some kind of power source whether it be a jackery battery or some kind of yeah plug it into the wall yeah so (laughs) so that's not to say that the duck's top works on battery right (laughs) we don't want to go too far however it will work with your with your jackery portable yeah your your your, whatever you have lion Safari, which I think is a far better uh, portable power station than the Jackery. But anyway, and we have a discount to those. Yeah. So why don't you tell us about your favorite RV this week? 
This one comes all the way from Germany, and it's called a Flip 90. And what it is, is it's a very small trailer. The back end of it kind of flips open, and then the kitchen kind of slides into position such that you have an RV you can stand up in, but then that flips closed, that makes it very, very towable. So it's very light. They are in production now, apparently. And this back section, when it flips closed, covers all the windows on the side, so everything's protected. But then when it's open, that makes the entry door and a place to stand and cook and all of that. And then there's a couch at the front of this little trailer. And it is a small trailer, but there's a couch and you just kind of push it and it folds up to a couch or down to a a bed. And it's just a really neat piece of packaging. And we will put the link to the review in this week's show notes. But check it out. It's it, For those of you who don't know, the largest RV show in the world is not here in the U.S., but is in Germany. And That's it's right. called Caravan Salon. Yeah. And they have some really nifty stuff coming out of there. For example, you know, the electric, uh, the E-Stream, the Airstream that's self-powered, that was a prototype, really came out of Germany first, and then Thor bought the technology to do it. So, yeah. hey, there you go. All right. Last week, you may remember that we talked a lot about bunk houses and bunks in RVs, and our question of the week followed from that, and we asked if you had or liked bunks bunk houses, bunk rooms, and if you had one and didn't use it as just regular bunks, what have you done with it? And so we got some great answers. Now, a couple people said that they were actually looking for fifth wheels that have mid bunks. So I guess bunks kind of in the center of the RV. And that is because they do RV with their family and their kids. And that's the best layout in their opinion for having kids that need bunks. Teresa. Yeah, this is so cool. Teresa Gooding in our Facebook group posted a bunch of pictures of mods she's done to a vintage trailer and it had bunk beds. It's a 13 foot travel trailer. It had bunk beds. She repurposed them for some storage and a couch and all. It's really right. cool. You got to see that. So the bunks that are the bunk that's over the couch. I think she said a, one of her small children can sleep there, but the bigger kids are getting a little too big for it. But it can still be used as a bunk for the for the little kids. But then when she doesn't have the kids with her, then that's a great storage place. And then there was a bunk near the kitchen area that she just cut away from being like a twin size bed, cut yeah, it shorter, like shorter and made it into shelving, which is very, very pretty. You can see the pictures that she posted on our Facebook group, the Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. I dig the storage baskets she has too. And when we were thinking yes. of doing the cargo trailer, that was what I wanted to do. So I really like that. Yes. And of course, you'll probably remember, you might remember that Tom Taylor has shared in the past his cat house. I mean, his cat bunk house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His, his top bunks are for the cats. That's right. And he posted a few pictures of that bunk house, cat house, (laughs) with his adorable cats. And then Maddie told us that her father turned a closet, a rear closet on their American coach into bunks. So he actually didn't take bunks and turn them into something else. He took a closet and turned it into bunks. Yeah. And so so that he and she and her sister were able to use the bunks for and when actually they were sit up in the and bunk actually rooms. sit up, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, so lots of repurposing, lots of use for bunks, and 
And so that was our question of the week last week. But this week, in light of the lady who fell into the toilet, what's the one camping experience you've had that you'd rather not ever share with anybody? And we realize the irony of asking for you to share that. Please share the thing you never (laughs) wanted to share with anyone. Yeah, here on social media in our fun and friendly Facebook group. You can answer that question there. And it's, it's, it's really a positive group. We keep it that way. And to find it, just visit stresslesscamping.com. And there's the familiar blue F up at the top. And you can go from there to our fun and friendly Facebook group. And while you're still on the website, though, you can sign up for the newsletter. It's a once a week newsletter. It's absolutely free. And we have links to stories and videos and podcasts, things that we found that will help you get the most out of your RV experience. Yep. And we will never share your information with anybody. I also would like to announce that our podcast not only appears on stressless camping website but now on rv travel which is one of the most long running and really positive rv related websites out there i if you don't know i write a week a daily rv review for rv travel a weekly gadget review i write gadget monthly newsletter and all of that and now (laughs) our podcast is there too so thank you to chuck and the team for including us in RV Travel. We're honored because they really do a terrific job there as well. Right. You'll also find some of our articles, sorry, on (laughs) RV Miles website. That's right. That's right. You will. We're getting out there. We get around. Yeah, round, round, get around. (laughs) I mean, that's what it says on the... Well, on the back of our travel trailer said we sleep around, but yeah. apparently we also ride around. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> we get around. Oh, that's funny. I don't know why, but that reminded me of our Rockwood is now a guest house on a walnut orchard. That is true. That is true. We'll have to give a little little more of an update on that next week. We yeah. can show you some pictures of the farm. Yeah, <laughs> the farm. you know how when, when you were a kid and you know all of a sudden Fido was no longer around and your parents were like, oh, he went to a farm. Well, our trailer really did yeah. go to farm because we took it there so (laughs) there you go so we're getting closer and closer to our new trailer that's right we are also the other thing to remember to check out on stresslesscamping.com is our deals and discounts page yep it's for the best things you'll need for your stressless camping adventure and of course if you have a great deal for our audience let us know yeah Yeah, absolutely and you know we are also in all the social places right and you can always start at stresslesscamping.com from there look at the social icons at the top and you can jump off to those places and find us there this week's episode is number 148 and so links will be there as well and don't forget if you don't want to miss a future episode of the stressless camping podcast it's free to oh i guess he's underwater this week it's free to subscribe on any podcast app and we're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire Yeah, at least it's clean water and not the kind that that other lady said (laughs) and don't forget please we really appreciate when you write a review reviews really help other people find the podcast and we get more listeners and more listeners means we can attract more wonderful guests like we had this week yeah that was i mean it was really something to have chris and ashley ashley and chris with us this week thank you to them and to the job they're doing at ember and most of all as peggy just said and i talked right over you (laughs) thank you for being here with us we really appreciate you're putting us in your ears hopefully we are able to serve you with great information and a bunch of fun and most of all happy happy camping. camping
We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping! After 50 give after 50 give after 50 give